0: Yeah, so they can hear you in the back room and the people hiding out, sipping their last thing of coffee. Okay. Oh, Lord, we just thank
1: you for your presence and your humor. We just thank you for those who are here. To love. Yes. We thank you for those who are visiting. We just pray, Lord, that you would continue to give us the understanding and... Knowing that you're covering us and showing us, we just now pray that
0: you'll whatever's been
1: said
0: today, that we hear in the Spirit and have you come forth. Amen. We say. said. Let's, uh, as a family, ask God to uh, to give us a clear understanding that uh, <clears throat> when Paul said neither things past nor things present nor things to come uh, will ever separate you from the love of God. That you can say it, and I can say it, And one of the most painful things about preaching is the word says that it's foolish. And uh, primarily because God is the only one that can teach you anything. We get smart people up here and people and people are carrying heavy things. And we go through a lot of forms. And and we have to be re- Constituted, if we're going to walk with God, well, whatever "reconstituted" means, it means we're not going to be who we were. And and yet, the further we go in judgment, the more we say, "Oh my God, I'm worse than I've ever been." Well, because we start this thing with so much help and so much significance. And we were dead and then we we're alive, and whoopee. You know, and then the church kind of says, I'm set, I can change the world, I can go out there, and we're full of delusion, you know, like a little child. And the great thing about your God is, <laughs> he, he loves the little children. Unless you become one, you won't see it, and, and you can't become one unless he gives you that, that capacity. So God help us. Pray for one another. We're all in process. We're not finished. There used to be a thing. I used to hate these. Don't don't judge me now. I'm was it? Uh, I'm not finished yet, and I. I I knew a lot of those people, and they didn't have an idea, you know, what the cross was going to cost them. And you haven't either, so God help us. Let's see if we can uh, uh, come to terms with God today, in spite of how many times we've stood here and raised our hands to the Lord. Uh, we can believe for some little better than our <coughs> religious tradition. Right? Because if you don't ask, well, I'll show you a little later some this. is really good stuff. What the Lord said one day. So, let's gather. Okay. Hey, okay, breaking on
2: tradition. I love to do. Um, we're
3: gonna sing a key green melody, which I, in honor of John. <laughs> yes. All right. This, this is. is the day.
0: If you were uh, had a little bit of tired blood when you walked in, the pace and the dancing and uh, this was very awakening, (laughs) we could say. Uh, Sometimes when the praise comes it's a (laughs) plug. Sometimes it isn't, but this this was very, very good, very good to agree. I mean, I'm, I'm just talking to people who can sleep on their feet, but you couldn't today. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of waiting. We got Starbucks back there in the, and the and Move on. Because uh, what we're going to talk about is essential, and you know it. And Because you know it, you can articulate it, but uh, just because you have it in your Bible underlined many times, these things don't do it. And
4: I I like,
0: the last time we were together, I was really impressed with what was spoken. And you you sometimes wonder if there's any hearing or any going forth. But one of the things, that needs to be uh, really lived through and to be awakened to, is that you are in the the greatest purpose, the most painful exercise of humanity. And I've said it several times, and I don't know if you believe it or not, and if you don't, uh, feel free to say so. But if, if you do, if you could give some rationale why, or give it both ways. Why is it that here we are, up here, some of us have been here, I've been here longer, not because I came and went. But uh, we come to a place where um, we see that there's really nothing more significant going on. I mean, I know the gladiators go after each other today, and I, I did read that if you're gonna have a suit there, um, uh, it's a million dollars. Yeah. yeah, isn't that right? I could not believe it, but that's the truth. And so what? A lot of these things they are gonna come and go, but you are a part of that which is everlasting. So I'm
3: gonna
0: you know, leave you free to, but, and, and I'm, I'm trusting, I, I don't like it when Don Winston's not around because he's not afraid to express himself and, and go after it. But tell me, do you believe that And if you do, why do you believe that the purpose that God has brought you here for is painful? there's, There's never been a war, there's never been anything that men have written up or done or will do that amounts comparatively to the significance of what God is demanding of us. We have a mic over there on the poster. Uh, somebody else do that. I got, I'm already tired of <laughs> me. Somebody who, is there somebody who listens? You state it, think you? I think what you're asking is, why is the purpose of God greater than anything man has, has ever done? Like, it ever done? So I'll,
5: I'll, I know a lot of you are starting to say something on prayer. Is that, prayer? Is that prayer? Okay. <laughs>
0: Maybe I'll say it in street English, like uh, Long Beach when I was just a kid. Nothing's going on, or ever has gone on, except by your brothers and sisters. Nothing of any purpose matches where God is asking you to go in purpose, in difficulty. Actually. So the natural man that's in You know, I, and I know that you know what I'm talking about. You know. Are you, aren't you Winston's son? Don't you belong to Don at one time? You were your own guy. <laughs> so one thing I'll say about that, that not anything new, but I think what I've proven to myself is that there's a lot of
6: exciting
5: things that go on, but I um, don't there's no life that comes out of the things that I do compared with the things that God has done. There's, there's there's short-term excitement and fulfillment in the short term, but uh, nothing that I have set my hand to has actually brought forth real life. Looking back on what it is, uh, there's things have been built, things have been said, stuff has been done, but uh, there's there's no way to to create or conceive real. Eternal life, about the things that man does. It's, you know, it's going to fade away at some point. You can look through all the wars and all the great things, but for myself, that haven't been that great. I just think those things that I, the reason I would say that I'm that I can say that I know that is because those things they're not lasting. They're, the things that the Lord does, there is a lasting life that comes forth from them.
0: We'd like everybody to hear if we could. So our prayers sometimes are secretive around
3: here. Thank you, Lord.
7: <coughs> One thing I heard in what Bill asked was, "What do I believe, and why do I believe it?" Did, did you say something to that effect? No. Well.
3: <laughs> well <what's there? laughs>
0: We're talking. No, we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that there's nothing more significant for mankind, for
7: eternity, than the attention of God. But I also heard the other thing. Honestly. Okay. Anyway, I'll just tell you that I have reasons to believe what I believe. In fact, I sat down one time four or five years ago and I took out a piece of paper. I said I'm going to write down what I believe and why I believe it, and a whole lot of stories came to me. I'll just tell you one of them. They're all written in a book. Some of you have one. But I was out on a job as a as heavy equipment mechanic, and I was putting an engine in a in a semi truck big Cummins engine. And uh, we didn't have room in the shop, so we were doing this outside. And I had a boom truck operator. He was an Indian guy from Yakutat, and he helped me put the engine in that truck. And we got done. We were drinking coffee, and I said, uh, "You know, it went pretty good." He said, "Yeah." I said, uh, "But he said I want to talk to you about something else." He said, "What is faith?" <laughs> I sat there with Tom that he asked that question, you know, he was working sick, you know, like me. And I thought for a minute, and I said, well, you know, when we were putting that engine in that truck, I gave you this signal. I said, it went like this, and this, and I went like that. I said, what did that mean to you? He said, well, that, what that meant was you wanted me to move the engine over about an inch to the left. I said, well, how did you do it? You not see that engine. You were in the cab of that crane over there. Well, he said, no, what I did, he said, I just looked at the tip of the crane and I lined it up with the smokestack on that building over there and I knew if I moved that tip of that crane over one inch that the engine would move over with it. I said, you just defined pain for me. That's me. What you see up there is going to happen down here. If you see God says, and forget this, I'm believing for it. I'm believing for this. You make up something that you want. you got to see what God says. And if that, boom, that brain moves over an inch, you know what's going to happen down here. So that's one of the things, what I believe, I believe it's hate. I believe when God says that, he means it. And I believe when God says that, it's gonna happen. And uh, so that was one reason that I believe what I believe. I believe in God that he'll do what he says he's gonna do. And I believe also, Brother Bill, that he is doing this fantastic thing in our hearts, and he's gonna do it as long as we keep our eye on him. You so, know, my old basketball coach used to say, Keep your eye on the ball, so.
8: I was thinking about the young people, particularly, and especially since tomorrow, it's tomorrow, isn't it? The big Super Bowl. And this morning, I woke up with this thing. They're paying a million dollars for one night in Las Vegas to stay in the hotel. So they can see the game, and I want to say, all you kids, hey, that's piddling nothing. Your father, our father, our king, our Lord, says we're inheritors of all things, not just a piddling million, but the world looks at that like. Oh. And I know you're going to enjoy the game tomorrow. I know you are. But, but I love it that we have a contrast of something that seems so grand and beautiful and is nothing and kind of like that smart standing. Thank you.
2: small thought (laughs) Um, because when you think about um, the Lord's work and what he does it's pretty pretty exciting and pretty humbling that like we can even be you know a part of it and and when you think about um, when you're led by him or, or asking him to help you or show you what to do in a situation or what to say or how to be but like that what his words and what he gives you it keeps going and it's eternal And it's a seed that's there, that gives life, but it's it's the eternal life that keeps going. That's pretty, pretty amazing. Well,
9: the question was, Do you understand why we're here? No. what's happening, or what God wants us to do? By now, if you don't have a good
0: idea why you're here, I mean, there are a lot of children in the room who do not, bless their hearts. They don't They may not know. And this is why there is so much shrinkage frequently in a a community, because it's not eternal. It's it's a phase Phase. of what's happening.
9: Okay, <clears throat> what I have to say is that I, I am very convinced, probably not as convinced as I'm going to be, that I can't do these things at all, and um, it seems like on a daily basis. And what I loved about John's story was it was like boots on the ground. It's a, exactly what we have to go through every day. We have to look at the situations that we're in and that kind of thing. And one thing that happened to me this morning was a number of things happened as soon as I got up. And it was one thing after another, after another, after another, and finally I got upstairs to um, dress for service. But (coughs) what really, really met me was singing this is the day that the Lord has made. And how can I conjure that up for myself? I can't do that. It it came from all of you and your exuberance about the day that the Lord has made and it uh, completely put a different spin on my morning. Let me just say that. So, (laughs) I thank you for that, but I I know that this earth can't enter that heaven. And so what is going to have to be dealt with and shown to me even, I don't even know what my earth is. I mean, if you do, that's great. But I have little inklings of what it is and I have little inklings of what heaven is and where we're going. And it's in your faces quite a lot of times in the exchanges that we have here where there's a bit of heaven that is seen. And that's very inspiring. But what I have to do is do my due diligence to go with what I need to deal with, with what I want. And uh, that's opening up for all of us right now is to be able to say individually what I am going for which for me is just what I want out of the way is anything that keeps me from my father. Thank you. <laughs>
3: I'll
1: say something that's kind of fresh for me, but um, <clears throat> I, I think that uh, part of this is just that, that um, there, God is looking at things from a vantage point that's so foreign to us, yes. because he um, um, he he sees the the whole picture. It says he sees the end from the beginning. And so his the stuff that we deal with in the in the day to day is um, <clears throat> we can get so hung up on it, and 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 to think that the the creator of the universe. Um, He's—he, All this stuff is happening, and he's seeing the whole thing, where it's going from right now. And, um, all right, I, uh, I've been thinking about that because, but just about the whole, how he sees the end from the beginning. And you know, if Nelson knew the outcome of tomorrow, he'd be a millionaire, right? I mean, he could bet, he could bet however he wants. And to think that we're, our times are controlled by somebody that um, <clears throat> sees you know, the end from the beginning, and this was illustrated to me this week. I, um, <clears throat> contrary to when I get up here, I don't often drive along in my truck crying, and I was driving up in Pogo Monday morning, and I just was praying and having a good time, and I um, really just, just felt broken. And this song came to me that my parents used to listen to um, by Michael Card and and the chorus of it says, um, to to hear with my heart, to see with my soul, to be guided by a hand I cannot hold. uh, Sorry. To trust in a way that I cannot see, that's what faith must be. And and I was yeah, God, it's, and I had a great day, and then the week wore on, and I was severely tested in, um, in my faith. And um, it went for me. And I, <laughs> I would like to say that I passed the test, but I think I did a pretty poor job. And in the middle of it all, I had that rolling over in my head. He, he sees the end from the beginning. He's, he's asking me to trust
3: in a, a path I can't even see, yeah. but he gives me faith. And the way he gave me faith this time is
1: I had that experience Monday, Wednesday, Thursday wore on. I went through stuff. He 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 knew exactly what was going to happen at the beginning of the week Monday when he gave me that experience. And I think that's the um, that's how his his path, his way, how the word is so much higher because we're dealing with stuff, you know, just like it's coming at us with like traffic on a highway. And, and he, knows, he knows what's happening. Five exits down on the interstate, he's already got that planned out. He knows, he knows he's got it all lined out anyhow. And um, that gives me extreme confidence. And um, I, I'm hoping that that will continue to translate into my life. This not not having this desire, they gotta to try to control my circumstances so much, or you know leverage my you know what I say or conversations with people, or just that I leverage things to try and make sure it angles the direction I want. Because you know, he's proven to me time and time again, he's got my my good in mind, right? And he and he sees it. I don't need to worry about it. But sometimes we get so caught up in this. Oh man, we gotta muscle this, make it happen. And it, it's just, when I was laying in bed Thursday night, just like, like, I know this. I'm such an idiot. Like, I just felt like a fool. Like, like you, you just feel really, like you got to make something happen. And <laughs> the reality is you're not going to anyway. And you get so much more from the process if you yield in the middle of it. But um, anyhow, he does have a good mind, and he does see it from the beginning.
0: Thank you. Uh, for all the guys who fought against weeping, uh, this is a big guy, a smart guy, and has good taste and uh, has been working for your heart. And uh, the, the presentation, of just speaking, is painful because we know that the place when I Called a 90-year-old to help uh, uh, David. I thought I was gonna. Uh, you know, there's churches in Dallas. I don't know anything about them. There's used car lots. There's people. There's all kinds of connections. Uh, the little, the babes, little babes we love that are down there. And I, I talked to this now. She was a. Uh, a cheerleader in college, uh, prom queen. She's 90 now, and her husband passed, and he was a very close friend. She was solid in her faith. He kept saying, why doesn't God do this? Why doesn't he do this? Why did God let that happen? If he's God, he can change all these things. And uh, I, uh, (laughs) there's another uh, line, that uh, is kind of important and I'll, uh, we can discuss that, but there's, there's nothing more difficult than what you're doing. Because it's impossible in the natural. Why does that make it difficult? Well, he, he referred to it. It's, we, we're talking to a god that isn't there. And there are people who would want to lock you up. In fact, they will want to kill you. Because uh, they think you're crazy. I felt the Lord told me to come here. The Lord told you? Where where is he? Could you introduce me? Ah, no. So, just the indefinite and the mystery... It's a major problem. You referred to it, but there's more. There's more. And that's one of the reasons I think it's important for us to talk about it. But I it looks like there's a little you know, people don't want to. In Job 33, let's read that, you can talk about that. For God speaketh once, yet twice, yet man perceiveth not. Verse 14. In a dream, in a vision, of the life, when deep sleep falleth upon men, in slumberings upon the bed. Then he opened the ears of men, and sealeth their instruction. When you get that, I mean, John said something to me the other night. The other day, he said, uh, you call me on that. I'm still looking at that vision, still thinking about it. Because it's very significant. There's no question, life and death and the rest. But uh, I don't know what it means, but God does. Have you ever looked at scripture over and over and over and had no idea what they were talking about? I mean, the first time I saw, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no place. I didn't get that right off. I consider myself, you know, at least have some insight. And now it's very clear to me, is it it still a mystery? Yeah, that he would use that. I mean, there are times when Jesus pushed the, because they ask him once, they say, uh, uh, who gave you the authority to do this? And and his answer to them, you go ahead and look at it, it's very interesting. Uh, Do you remember what he said? Well, he t- "Well, tell me, did John the Baptist have the authority to do what he did? You know, that was one of the insights. But you are prisoners of the living God. You, the minute you and I give ourselves to the Spirit of God, we're no longer our own. And I would have to say, that one of my biggest problems over the years, and I'm, I'm gonna suggest to you, I don't wanna be insensitive, but I, I would say that you have taken your life frequently wherever you wanted, whatever you thought you was good, and people are still doing it, and I I can't stop it, I don't want to, and I, I wanna give mercy because I did the same thing. And I, Here it is. Then he opened the ears of men and sealeth their instruction that he may withdraw man from his purpose. And and this is a good question to go home with. I'm not trying to be insufferably difficult. But if you don't get a chance to articulate this or ask a question, and there's so stinking much pretense in the ego of all of us, I'm gonna look like I know something, you know. And I think I'm strong. I stand up here thankfully uh, I was in the dark and of it. <laughs> God does things to me that I don't like. Uh, we had a time here when we talked about your frailty. I've always wonderful. But nobody on the earth, there's never been a soldier that has faced war. There's never been a president or anybody over anything that shuts you out of the depth of purpose that you're called and I'm called to do. And then when I, I worked a lot of my years trying to do it, and you know what? I found out I was just trying to advance me. I thought I owned me and I was called to be a love slave. Okay. How many many here could articulate how God messed with your purpose? Probably older people. Why does he wanna take you away? This is clear. Why does he wanna take you away? from your purpose.
8: Anybody? I think the next
4: verse tells it. I was thinking that the hardest thing going these days, no matter what's going on in the world, is the redemption of the soul. Because that seems to be the biggest struggle we all face. Is, is coming under so that that soul is in submission to the spirit. Because there is so much out there that wants us to connect with that soul realm. But it says, he keepeth back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. His desire is that we not perish and live in the soul realm. To me, that What's wrong
0: with living in the soul realm? What's going on?
4: It doesn't usually lead to life.
0: Can we talk about that? While You can stand there and listen
4: to it. (laughs) It doesn't ever lead to the kind of life that we can have in God. And he's giving us such a taste of what he can offer, what he wants for his life to come forth. You know, the whole church world that is trying to redeem America and... It's not where he's going. And so the soul is drawn to seek, do something like Aaron was saying. We want to do something, and he's not letting us. That's a struggle. He's not letting us. He's focusing on how much we're nothing. And that is kind of hard for the soul to live. It's hard to live there. But what he's offering is much greater. And that, I think he's given us a taste of it, and that's where he wants us to
0: Well, but uh, talk about the phlegm phlegm of the soul for a minute or two. It's embarrassing, but it's true.
4: It's available to me all the time. You know? I mean, we're. Uh, I can't say that there's success in keeping that soul under the, the control of the Holy Spirit. God showing us how incapable we are unless we focus and yield and be single-eyed. I I remember one time, um, you know, people will say, I just want the simplicity of the gospel. (laughs) And what they mean is I don't want it to be deep and I'd like to just focus on, and I said that to the Lord one time and someone said, well, the simplicity of the gospel is being single-eyed straight focus on that tower. Anyway, that's, I think, what God's dealing with is the soul, and that's the struggle we're in, and he sees that as far greater than everything else that's going on in the world that we'd like to focus
2: on. Um, During worship, I kind of had a psalm and I feel like I missed it Um, because it was eye has not seen nor ear heard neither has entered the heart of man that which God has prepared for those who love him Mm -hmm. and um, I yesterday I saw this picture someone posted somewhere I don't know and it's a square full of 26 different colored circles and then it points at the yellow circle and it says Mm -hmm. what you see. Um, in life. And then it points at everything else and it said everybody's life altogether. And then it does a second picture right beside it and it's full of just all yellow circles. And they were saying by extension this is how you see life. This is how you think everybody's, because this small portion is how, what you've experienced, <clears throat> that everybody must experience the very same thing. And I've, I've thought a lot about it since then about my relationship with God and how I look at what He does. I see very clearly the small yellow circle that I'm in. That's that day, that given moment, that's exactly who He is. And yet it hasn't even entered into my eyes and my ears, my heart, everything that He is. And how small-minded we can be when we him in into this small picture perfect world of this is who he is, you know, it's so exciting he's Lord, that is that's all that's it, no but he's so much more and what he's doing in our lives is so much greater it's um, much much bigger than what we even can understand and I think we get small glimpses of it um, and I, I was thinking when Brother Bill asked the first question um, it's we get, like, small, I don't know, remember that the story of Ruth, where Pete, someone brought a word about the handfuls of purpose. I feel like we get that a lot in what we walk through, where we get a small uh, uh, clump dropped. This is a little bit of who I am. This is a little bit of what I'm showing to you. But the truth is, until we actually know him and, and are fully you know, convinced of who he is, We'll never see the full picture of what he has for us.
0: Stay there there's a mic back there. Why don't you use it in your
9: mind? All right.
6: Well, you were asking the question, you know, why does God take you away from your purpose? Yeah. Well, a lot of times When we get caught up in our own purpose, we're really after our own forties. Yeah. And a lot of us kind of I can remember that, you know, back when I was in my twenties and everything. I was uh, I discovered the empty that I was good in, I was pursuing it, I had a very good shot at being very successful in it. And you know, I could have made a great name for myself, but it was for me, you know, the thing that 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 attracted the idea of me getting MDHD was Dr. Hatfield, that has a nice ring too. But uh, you know, but, but but you but yeah, we laugh at it, but you see, kind of see what I'm saying right here? Yeah. It was it was drawing attention to myself. It was all about me. Mm-hmm. And God is looking to separate you from that. I've seen so many people fall in love with their good things. And it has taken them down but I was that it may have taken them down great roads of success and and so on and so forth, but <coughs> but it makes them so much so much smaller than what God has called them to be. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that is what he's trying to do. He's yeah. trying to separate you from what you think is worth something to something that is really worth something. Right.
10: Yeah. I was thinking, Jeremy was speaking there. God sent the McCoys to the Hatfields to... Withdraw them from their purpose. (laughs) 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 The the intention of the half-tealing. Because I think this is really uh, the most significant thing happening and the most difficult is what God is doing and what it takes and the means He's using to withdraw me from my purpose. Mm -hmm. Because you try to stop somebody from their purpose, you see what a force Will come at you. You see how much what rises up even among us when we check each other. And I'm thankful, as much as I, it's it's a pain at times, I am appreciative of it when I step back and see the benefit of, of being checked in this context. There's a check and a balance here, right? Like we can't just run trucks over one another or circumstances. But I, I think. Specifically, um, why he was withdrawing me from my purpose. If I, I, as a father, he knows what it will take to make me fulfilled inside. I think I'm going for my purpose because I think that's what will fulfill me, and it originates from me. And and he uses adversity. In conflict to withdraw me from my purpose. He uses discipline. I, I would not take that route. I would think what would make me happy would be things going my way and things, things falling into place, things coming together, things starting to look up. That would be aha, I see my purpose is being fulfilled. This is what will make me happy. And honestly, look, I, I remember something Sister Lisa said. She said, I've never seen a happy I mean, truly, a happy, disobedient child. Like a child. And it, God scourges and disciplines every son whom He receives. And it takes an aspect of the conflict and the discipline in our lives to really catapult us and deliver us from our own purpose. And God, in His faithfulness, will use that because that's what it takes to really sustain and fulfill when you have gone through i mean when you go through something and you really surrender to the lord finally the, the outcome whether it's perceived or not inside or not it's, it takes a back seat to the fact that, that you connected with god and you you allowed him to to work and that that's that's wonderful when we when we finally take that place of surrender anyway. yeah.
11: First of all, someone dropped some money in front of the coffee pot this morning. If you can tell me how much. Handfuls of purpose were dropped in front of it. So there is profit for going to the coffee pot. Okay. Uh, no, I got up here after what Richard said because I was gonna say this after Nathan got up. I've been thinking about this for a while, but, and I'll just be quick, but this, to get the purpose, well, the reason that it's significant now is because it's now. It's not any more significant today than it ever has been other than right. Right. now is the acceptable time. Right. Today, if you hear his voice. So that is where the offering happens. It only happens in the present. <laughs> it's, and if you're like me, in different things, you can be a procrastinator. I will do this at some point. I will come under at some point. You have the option now to come under. No matter where you've been, what you've done now, you can repent. Now you can stand before him. Even in the service. Like Even right now. Yeah. Now. It, right now. Yeah. <laughs> and don't wait. But I've been thinking about this. Uh, it says uh, in First Peter, it says that the trial of your faith being more precious than gold. It's not your faith. Your faith is important, but your faith is different than my faith, right? It's the trial of your faith now that has that is more precious than anything. And what we want to do when we're under the trial of our faith is we want to get out of that trial. We we want to hold on to our faith as the God of what holds us, but when we're in the trial, we ooh, I want to get out of that trial. <laughs> but it's the trial that produces The gold, and what does it say? That it might be found. The faith only is found after you've gone through the trial right now. And when is it found? It's found at the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ to the end of the salvation of our souls. So when you find yourself in the trial, embrace it, realizing what it is that it is bringing forth that fine gold in you, but it has to happen now. And a lot of times I go, okay, I'll go through the trial tomorrow. Uh, I, I know what I have to face. You, most of us know what our trial is or our battle. And we go, I'll wait. I'll get to it. I'll exercise tomorrow. I'll eat less tomorrow. We'll put it in that context, <coughs> okay? I'll uh, pray for this tomorrow, because tomorrow Sunday, after the Super Bowl. I'll do this at a certain time. When it's now, when you hear his voice, when he's told you to do something, you respond now. That's the only time you have, isn't
12: it? I think God drags us from our purpose when he does. But the reason he does that is because he wants to put us in his purpose. Right. God isn't dragging you from your purpose just for kicks. Yeah. He's dragging you from, but he's dragging you to. Right. Yeah. And I think the, the 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 methods that God is resorts to is directly related to our holding, applying yeah. yeah. to our purpose. Yeah. And what's scary is when God stops doing that and and lets you just kind of wallow along and say, hey, how how does that go? Because invariably, it doesn't end so well. I loved John's story because it so encapsulates the answer to your question, to so many of mine, and probably all of yours. Because we view faith as this ethereal thing with a, like, so intangible, like this blind trust. and the, the reason that guy had faith that when he moved the lever it was going to do because there was a stinking cord, a three quarter inch cord that went down and it held that engine. Right. And there is that between us and our father. And the reason John can trust that he's not going to get crunched, that the guy's not going to sneeze, right. it takes an incredible amount of trust to be John down there with all this steel in a tight space. Yeah. But we can have that same trust toward our Heavenly Father. I had an experience yesterday, actually, um, which I will share with you, because it's very real to me. Um, that Tanacadia we have, it lost its block heater when it was cold, um, and it took a while to figure out because it's impossible to get to, even to test. Anyhow, we finally let to just change it. I told Ben, the guy that works in the post, um, and the manual tells you to get to it. you have to take out the exhaust pipe, to take out the transfer case, to take out the starter to get to this heater. Um, and he kind of I, t- I said you have to do that, and I printed this stuff out anyhow. And I blamed what he did on being a <laughs> Russian and being stubborn. He went at it from the top. And so he pulled the intake manifold off the engine and pulled down, down, down until he got to the heater. And he changes the heater, and he puts it back in. And he starts the car up, and it has a misfire. Cylinder number three misfiring. Every, it's just not firing. What the heck? And we couldn't figure out, couldn't figure out. He called me. I tell him, try this. Finally, he takes it all back apart and he's looking in and uh, one of the valves, there's two intake valves on that cylinder and one of them wasn't moving. So we, uh, we pull the valve cover off or he does. Um, much more work and we look and there's this, for those of you who know what it is, there's this cam follower that goes to the valve and it had popped off and was just laying there so one of the intake valves wasn't open. Um, for those of you who don't know what that is, this little thing had come off, it's really important. <laughs> um, and so we're like, oh, man, and the camshaft is on top of it. And so we're, I was like, it'd be really nice to just be able to slide that back. So I'm like, how about I push on the valve with a screwdriver, and it's kind of dumb, it'll probably be fine. Um, so I, I climb in there, and I'm like pushing down, and he's trying, to, and something goes snap, and the valve goes down, and little pieces go here, there, and I'm like, "Oh God, okay, now I made it worse." And nothing fell all the way into the cylinder, which would have been anyhow. But I'm playing this out in my mind, like, oh man, I did this. And like the logical conclusion of based on what I have to take apart, I have never I've never done much to those kind of engines, like has like basically writing the car off. So um, in my mind. So we go upstairs. I'm like, dude, let's take a break and get some coffee and figure out what we're going to do. Because at the very least, I need to order some tools so we can take this off. Anyhow, and it hits me that, you know, if he hadn't done the opposite of what I thought he should do, he never would have taken that intake manifold. Right. And he never would have seen that that valve was not And I would have chased that misfire Um, till hell froze over before I thought to take the intake manifold off and check to see if the valve was. Like, I just, I would not have thought of that. And you know, it hit me. If God can do that and show me that, He'll probably make it okay for putting Humpty Dumpty back together. And. That's what I'm holding on to, sure. and I was encouraged by that. I hope you can be encouraged, and God can put your Humpty Dumpty back together. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you. Uh, and one of my favorite passages is where Fenton. I got a little story. I walked around the other day, and I couldn't find my laces for my booth, and I can't walk without my booth. I can but it's really pathetic. And so I uh, I, I walked around, walked around and uh, other shoes. And he called me and looked look at did you try and do <laughs> I can invite you into the tribe. <laughs> But to deal with I'm saying, God, where are you? Why can I find shoelaces? What happened? And I'm walking all over this place. And what I was doing, I was walking on the laces. There were socks on there. So I'm griping at God. Not griping, I'm just saying I'd like a little more else. And I'm walking in the very thing that he wants me to see. So this, this story from Lewis. There's a consequence of the things that only mean something to you. Mm-hmm. That's big. And when, it's time to just sit down and read it several times. Read Luke 10, where the Lord sends out the apostles, the first time. And they come back and they're like, whoopee, and the devil submits, this has happened, that's happened. Just thrill the pieces. And Jesus looks to the Lord and he says this, Lord, I thank you that you've given this not to the, to the wise and the prudent, but you've given it to babes. And, and, I, and I thought, well, way back, I get it now. I get it now. Because one of my close friends like I said, he just passed away uh, not long ago. And he, I was on the phone with him, monthly at least, and he sent stuff. But always challenging God and not trusting him. If you, when you read the word, Jesus says it's just absolutely lunacy, unless you see the power of your trust. He says, if you have the faith of a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be cast into the sea. He wasn't talking about mountains, he was talking about the law. And, and that was the significant aspect of what was happening. But your God knows every limitation and he, he's trying to build you up yeah. and encourage you. I mean, this, uh, to me, I, I want to I see, and I want to say, look at one more thing, maybe, maybe, but I think we've come to the end largely, and that is that, oh uh, yeah. Why is it that God will not do that, but he says, you must humble yourself? (laughs) Come on, I mean, this is the issue, you know, and and humanity isn't kick in clubs and say, oh, gosh, golly, I, I don't know. It's, it's something that has to come from me. Because God's working from the inside out. And, and at Lewis's point, Lewis said, oh my God, I could be a disaster here. Look at me. Oh, oh. And he stays with it. And he sees that he is. And he sees that God is with him in what appears to be a disaster. Understand? And so, this, why won't God humble you Tell me because it be it would be his work and not your trust in him. There's no faith. God, you can do this, do it. That's not necessarily faith, you know it, it can be. but, but if you're going to humble yourself, is you're the one who are facing the commercialization of what you do. And I'll leave you something to go home with. And this is terrible to do to people, but it's true. How good are you at seeing everyone as better than yourself? Now that is not, that is not that, you know, someone... That, I'm better than that pilot. Or that pilot I know he's better than I'm. He can do stuff, but I'm not talking about that. But I'm talk, talking about all of humanity. Anybody you have traffic with. Pray about that today. You know. I I detest the the some of the terrible things that are going on on the political circle. And, and what I'm getting from God is I've got that I want to know where your heart is are you coming to me to get clean are you and I thought, I thought this is so vital uh, for us going forward and I will conclude here your repentance and that is a must is not for all the stuff that you've done or will do because God separated all of that forever and ever. What your responsibility and my responsibility is to repent because I made a covenant with a couch or I made a covenant with my opinion, my damned opinion because it was, it was nailed to the cross. And, and if I don't, if I don't see that, I, that everything in God is going forward and uh, my orientation, I'll tell you, there are days when I say I don't want to get up, I don't want to go, I've seen the breakfast a thousand times uh, at least. I want to do what I want to do. And can I tell you, the Lord is... He'll wait for you, and it's a piece of hell to not do the will of God. I thought John had said a very important thing. I hope you heard it. And if you didn't, you need to listen to it again. And it's this: that if you're not offering, if you're not into the relationship of the offering regarding going forward, you're somewhere else, and there's deterioration, and the 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 destruction of your, what you've built and the image of what's going on uh, is, is hardened. You know? and so God help us. We don't come here you know, to go through form. And, and I, I, I was sitting here today and the music was so good. I mean, the, the, the whole orchestra and everything. And I said, why don't, why don't they? And I'm sitting back there, because I went over to get a drink. And I said, Why aren't the kids dancing? Why don't they get the children up there dancing? And I'm walking in like I'm gonna correct it. And that's exactly what's going on, you know, because I'm, I'm sitting here praying for for one of the best dancers we've ever had, and it's and it's, it's our little sister over there, a little redhead wonder. If you've ever seen her dance, you know, she and we were gifted with, with uh, the Greenleaf lady. You know she's wonderful, but nobody, nobody danced any better than Mrs. Salvaggio at seven years old. You know, she had her hair down; her hair was streaming, and she would <coughs> circle around, and I'd go, "Oh my God!" Because the spirit of the Lord was on her, and the spirit of the Lord still on her. There's no death anymore. Don't be grinding and feeling bad. Just pray for yourself that you'll keep going forward. Father, thank you. Thank you for uh, your, your constant care and our reckless idiocy that you treat us like your children because we are. And even your son, talking to the apostles who were 30 and 40 and maybe older, he called them children. Lord, we're your children today. And we thank you that you'll be with us on the highways, in the hospitals, wherever we go, you are there. So strengthen us in the trust of the
3: faith that cannot be destroyed because we're connected with you for Jesus' sake.